Welcome to Back to Ours, a new podcast for Barkin and Dagenham, brought to you by Studio 3 Arts and part of a campaign developed by the Cultural Partnership and Council Safeguarding Teams. Look out for campaign materials using hashtag BDProtect. So we've started this podcast as a way to keep the community together safe and healthy through lockdown, distancing and beyond. In each episode, we'll be interviewing some of the amazing people who live and work in our borough about the stuff they've been doing in lockdown. We'll also be talking about the ways you can support your family and neighbourhood so our community is the best it can be. So, grab a cuppa, settle in and let's crack on. It's all back to ours. Hello, hello. Hiya. It's me. <laughs> Is it you? Was that a surprise? <laughs> no, I was expecting it to be you. I, I didn't think um, anybody else was going to be using the one link that I'd sent to you. Well, you never know. <laughs> this is it. This is it. That'd be a surprise, wouldn't it? I was trying to keep you on your toes, but I guess I'll have to try harder next time. <laughs> How are you, love? I'm all right. Yeah. Um, going to be honest last few weeks have been a bit of a bit of an uphill one but um I'm sort of talking about that a bit more with people which is always makes it a bit lighter doesn't it so um yeah I'm doing okay next door um I think I mentioned it previously but just to let everyone know that next door's extension is still being built um so as someone who's trying to work from home that's uh you know don't get me wrong I don't begrudge anyone an extension you know you live your best life but it is quite a loud process is what I've learned. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. A little bit of a fun fact for you right now, so you can all visualise this. I'm actually sitting on the toilet, um, experimenting with the acoustic in the bathroom. Um, so, yeah, if it sounds a bit echoey, it's because I'm in a tiled room today. Well, I mean, fine. Why not? Mix it up. See what, see what comes out. Well, I mean, this is the thing about making a podcast in lockdown. We haven't got access to fancy recording studios. All we've got is the different acoustic of the different rooms in our gaff. I just sit and try and be as still as possible. And that is all I can do for you people. I hope that's good enough. (laughs) I just try to get as far away from the kids as possible. I mean, I can imagine this far into lockdown. Is that not just a general mood? Admit, it's not just for the podcast, it's all the time. You know that game at school where you have to pick a partner and move as far away from them around the room as possible? That's literally how I'm rolling with the kids at the moment. I love the way you asked me that as if I wouldn't remember a drama game. Come on, of course. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I didn't want to I didn't want put words in your mouth. Like, mm. How are you doing? I'll be honest, I'm having a better week this week than I have had. Um, I am finally on annual leave from work, um, which uh, is long overdue. I've got to be honest, I'm starting to get, you know, when you get a bit like you start snapping at people that you shouldn't really be snapping at because they ain't done anything wrong. You're just tired and crotchety. Uh, yeah, 90% of my time, really. So I got, I got to that stage. Like, so um, I'm on annual leave now and... Um, I'm going down to the the coast for a couple of days on the weekend and I'm hoping a bit of sea air and, you know, a bit of walking along the prom and all that will will do me the world of good. Um oh, I've got a yeah. poorly I've, I've got a poorly shoulder, which is a bit annoying. I've I'm and again, part of the visual image that you are conjuring up at home, I'm sure. I've got an ice pack on my shoulder whilst I'm sitting on the toilet. So, so there you go. Great. So it would be you 
with your ice pack skipping along the promenade. <laughs> what a visual image for our listeners. Gold, yeah. I mean, especially, let's be honest, like the way your hair's grown in lockdown in the breeze, that is going to be a sight. <laughs> I mean, there's more than a touch of the Kate Bush to me these days. Well, quite exactly. Vocally as well. <laughs> oh, I on so many levels. <laughs> I would just like to mention something before I forget. Um, Go on. Because, so um, if you listened last week, you will remember that Liza and I were together because we were um, recording stuff for uh, the queer cabaret that we're doing for Barking and Dagnum. Mm. And that is happening. Um so you'll be listening to this on Friday. So it's from Wednesday. Liza, give me the date. Wednesday, the 29th of July. Yeah, through to the Saturday. So there's something Saturday, happening. The 1st of August. August. There's something happening yes. each night. We've got lots of different brilliant performers. Um, we've got drag. We've got spoken word. We've got uh, live music performances. We've got different types of dance. And it's just going to be really gorge. And I'm really excited about it. So if you're listening to this, put in your diary. Have a little watch. I think you'll love it. Oh, honestly, from from the little sneak preview that we got when we were in the studio last week, watching the artists recording, it's going to be an absolute ball. Every night there's something in it for everyone. Yeah, there really is. Can't wait. Can't wait to see you doing your thing and all. Oh, thanks, babe. You know me, quite shy. So, um... And... (laughs) I I was just going to say, regular listeners will be pleased to know that we've taken our double act... Uh, into the recorded realm now visually as well we are co-hosting the cabaret and I'd like to say as well that it is as professional and polished as we are on the podcast so look forward to that <laughs> oh oh we're having a nice time though and that's what counts isn't it exactly exactly um so oh, who did you talk to this week then boyo so um, this week we mixed it up a bit. I, I had um, a really interesting conversation from the perspective of um, like local retailers. And what we were talking about is obviously the iconic Vicarage Field. Um, iconic. That for me is a staple of my childhood on a Saturday with me nan going up. Was, the, your... was, the, fa- was the waterfall, the fountain there when you was a kid? Yes. Yeah. Oh, see, I missed that. I missed the Vicarage Field Fountain by the time I moved to Bark and it was gone. Yeah, and I think there was a Summerfields. Do you remember Summerfields? I do remember there being a Summerfield in there, yeah. Yeah, so I uh, we caught up and had a chat about um, what, it's, what it's like to kind of exist in that space at the moment, and especially with the massive impact this is all going to have on the retail industry, and just how that is so important to members of the community. So it was really great. Should we have a listen? Yes, please. Great. Hi, Simon. Hi, Matty. Um, would you mind just introducing yourself to our listeners? Sure. I'm Simon Green. I'm the Regional Centre Director for Lambert Smith Hampton, who are, the res- who are responsible for the management of Vicarage Field. Which um, Vicarage Field for me is a massive part of my childhood just because it's literally what I think of when I think of like Saturdays with my nan, like just always ending up in Vicarage Field and sort of wandering around the shops. Yeah, it's um, it's an estate. Um, 54 retailers, 
550 car park spaces and the livelihood for a lot of local people. Yeah, um, I was going to ask you about that, actually, because it must that must have made it really difficult when you obviously have to follow the guidelines and close that down. Um, we, we actually traded throughout in terms of essential stores. Um, we managed to come up with a scheme to provide access for the B&M store from the car park. Uh, and also critically important for a lot of people, the post office uh, on the upper level. We provided access from Station Parade. So we were able to scale down our operations, but keep uh, also the optician uh, was providing contact lenses for key workers and doing repairs. So we managed to provide access for those stores that needed to open um, without keeping the, the, the whole place uh, a thoroughfare. Right. Okay. Yeah. Of course. Because yeah, you've got those those stores in there that are like necessary and needed for people. And you're so right. Um, especially with something like the post office, like so many people rely on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The um, we we managed. We were able to to manage queues for both post office and B and M pretty well. We 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 did have um, we did have a reasonable time to repair it's an amazing what you can get printed in a short time uh, in terms of floor decals to mark out two meter queuing distances and we've got an in-house facility for posters so uh we were sort of 48 hours it was there was a, a fairly manic time but uh, we're quite proud of what we managed to achieve in that time yeah i mean like you said and i suppose it just shows you what I suppose that need for it to happen, it's just like, okay, we need to get this done to make sure that people have access to these important spaces. Yeah, it's uh, most of it is down to the fantastic team that we've got working here. Um, I don't know if you saw last week's post. I took an advert on the, the, the front page of uh, the Barking and Dagenham post to say thank you to that team of people because we're guidelines have changed and we've been able to finesse what we do they've reacted constantly to my changing instructions much to their frustration at times but they've they've all done it willingly and with a smile that our first priority obviously had to be just to keep people safe yeah and it, like you said and it's so um i think doing something like that and kind of remember you know i think what was so great one of the you know, it's such a difficult time for so many people. What was really positive is that I think it reminded a lot of people that actually there are so many people who we rely on who aren't necessarily the first people we think of. Yep. Because yeah. Think- yeah, of um, an average team of any, any one day, there's, there's 20 people here beavering away, um, doing something. And the end result, really, particularly during the lockdown period, was to keep people safe. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was what was so lovely is that we saw that initial kind of um, clap and support for NHS staff, that it remained for them, but it also became about actually it needs to be about more than just that specific role. It's about, you know, everyone in our society works to keep us going at times like this when a lot of people are at home you know these are the people that are still working day in day out to make sure we can get what we need 
Yeah, and I think generally there were, of course, exceptions. But I think people did become nicer. I think there was more care. Um, and I had very few incidents of, of people not wanting to do the right thing. Um, we, we took the view that, in fact, this goes into post-lockdown when we, 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 we reopened with, you know, what at times are quite frustrating one-way systems and we're asking people to walk this way. But um, we took the view that we will meet everybody that comes in in the, in the early days with uh, somebody on each door with a smile and just a general direction, would you like to walk this way? And, yeah, it was... It, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised how how little poor interaction, or how few poor interactions there were. I mean, yeah, and that's, I think that's so nice to hear because the one thing I guess you always hope is that the people sort of on the front line and doing all these different jobs, you just hope that people are showing the gratitude that they deserve, you know? Yeah, the, the test will come this week on uh, face covering day, mm. which is all a bit of an unknown. Yeah, I think that will be, because it's at the moment, it's been that really weird in between where like some people have just been doing it, even though we haven't been told we must, there's been people that kind of feel that it's beneficial. So, so for example, if when I've been out, I have been wearing one. I just feel like it makes me feel more comfortable yeah. and I feel like I'm protecting potentially other people if I do have it. Um, Look, like everything else related to coronavirus, the, the guidance from government has been inept at best. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, I think part of the problem, and this is why I think, um, especially like doing the things that you've had to do. And so it must've been quite frustrating at times because it did seem like there were so many gray areas a lot of the time. Yeah. Very much so. Um, and I, I've spent hours poring over the fine print of government documents, and you get to the end and say, "Well, I'm no wiser than when I started." So there has been a lot of interpreting, and and shopping centres. We're a pretty small industry, um, to be honest. So we do talk to each other, and I I work out of a, um, our office um, that looks after the huge field is in Belfast, and. We, we spent a lot of time looking at the guidance that came out from the Irish government, assuming that uh, HMG would follow. And that was a great roadmap. Everybody knew where they stood. And then ours, I'm guessing, was slightly not on the yeah. same route. Woolly, no. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess just makes it even tougher when you're trying to like, because if you're looking after a team of people and yeah. everyone just wants to know what they need to do. Yeah. Yeah. But and yeah, we've come we've we've come through it. I think we've come through it probably stronger than we started. That's really great to hear because it is such a, an important you know space for the community. And like you said, it's yeah. um, I think sometimes when a lot of people, if they don't live locally, when they would think shopping centre, they might think mainly sort of chain stores. But obviously, Vicarysfield does have a lot of those independent businesses yeah. as well. Yeah, we've we've tried to look after um, our independent. Uh, businesses um, we've not demanded rent uh, for three months um, we'll talk to retailers as things improve about recovering that rent but they knew they can open their shops without 
the threat of heavy rent collection demands. Um, and the same for, for the multiples that we we did make savings during uh, during the lockdown period. So we, we automatically issued a, a credit against their service charge bills. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's got to be a win-win situation. Um, the old landlord and tenant adversarial relationship doesn't hold water anymore. We've, we've, got, we've got to work with these guys and make sure their businesses succeed. Yeah, and I think it's, I guess it comes back to what you mentioned about working with the team is that the more you kind of support each other, the stronger everyone sort of comes out of the situation. Yeah, that's very true. Um, and I think that, um, how have you personally found this experience? Um, the early days were certainly challenging. Um, and I worked, during lockdown, I worked mainly from home, although I did visit probably once a week. Um, but like many other people, I think my, my life will change. I'm now working generally three days in the centre and two days from home. Um, and I think that will continue. The, the, uh, yeah, I don't think life, life will, I don't think for life for a lot of people will ever be the same. Yeah, I think that's, I think, um, again, I feel like we're at quite an interesting time at the moment because some people I think were expecting us to kind of go back to exactly the same as before. And I think now maybe people are realising that you know, some changes will be for good. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that's true. Um, not the, the whole future of retail uh, has been on a difficult trajectory prior to coronavirus, but this has accentuated it. I mean, the the recent stuff that the government have chucked out about that you can build two floors on your house as part of as part of all that this. Uh, there is change to planning law, which means high streets will change. Um, and I wish I'd got a crystal ball that worked. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like you said, I think um, even before this, we all knew that it was a really weird, you know, even I think, because I'm sort of 31. So I think back to the difference now from when I, like when I was a kid to now and what shopping is like, um, you know, and like kind of the, you know, I think when I was a kid, it was kind of you either went to the shop or there was like a few catalogues that you might order from. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, you compare that to now where you've got just so much online. Yeah. The, the, if I look, if I looked at my, but if I look at my bank and credit card statements from the time since lockdown, I think in general, apart from the mortgage and stuff, there's only three items on it Tesco, Tesco petrol station and Amazon. And that can become habit forming. Mm. The shop, uh, shopping centres and high streets have got to evolve. Um, there will be different uses in the future. The, the, the face of the high street and associated shopping centres will almost certainly change. Yeah, I think that's, um, I guess we just, the hope is just that they find a way, like you said, to evolve in a way that means that they're still a space for them and, you know, for those businesses yeah. that kind of rely on that, that sort of face-to-face -face shopping experience. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's got to be the heart. It's still got to be the heart of the community. So we might as well give up and go home. Well, exactly. And I know, obviously, 
um, Studio Three are really we have a space within the Vicarage Field. Yeah. Um, and it's it's such a great spot. I've run some workshops there where um, like pre-corona and it was just really great because you can literally just step out and there are so many sort of families and children and young people sort of walking past who might not have heard of us before and the amount of people we just kind of say like come in and have a chat and just see what we offer um yeah. it offers a really great opportunity to do that and to engage with people that aren't necessarily looking for you but they just stumble upon what you're offering yeah and that's that's how so many businesses evolved that they they might well go from um, markets to we operate. We've got an, an in shop type operation called Vix, and we've got people there that have come from markets to a, a semi permanent fixed unit in there that they share with other people, and then they've moved on to to proper shops. That's you know we we, we should be incubators for 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 small local businesses. Yeah, I think. Um... It's weird, isn't it? I, do, I don't know if I've noticed with people like in my life that I think lockdown has kind of almost pushed both ways, which is really interesting because there is that thing where it's natural to kind of go to your Amazon and that kind of stuff. But also I think there's also been that thing of, hang on a minute, let me see if I can try and find a small local business that can provide this. Yeah, we would we'd, we'd, we'd certainly encourage that. Now, now you can get back out again. Mm. Um and the, the fact is that, that there are better deals to be had, and certainly the service element. Um, the, you can actually ask, ask, uh, ask somebody how something works, because most of these small businesses evolve out of hobbies and interests. So the people you're buying from are actually experts on the subject or the product that you're buying. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely – and there's, there's something um... – yeah, there's something about that, like that face-to-face experience and that kind of, you know, yeah, I totally agree. Um, and I'm glad, like, because like, uh, most of the businesses in the centre back open now and kind of ready to sort of um, have customers back in. And Yeah, we've got, we've got a couple that can't open yet. Those beauty treatments from the neck up mm-hmm. uh, are not permitted to open yet, although that's, um, that's on the horizon. Our Argus store, the Argus chain, have got a phased opening, and this one's in phase two, which I think means that it'll open next week. And the only other one that's not open that can open in, is Warren James, and they're due to open this weekend. Great. So it's getting back. It is coming back. Yeah. And I think, um, I guess what I would say is just like massive well done to all the team who have been involved in like keeping that happen in a safe way. And, um, like you said, hopefully with the uh, the slight changes coming in with uh, the necessity to wear a mask, I hope everyone keeps up that kind of, you know, giving out yeah. friendly reception to the team and that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's socially responsible. Mm-hmm. You know, you might, you might not agree with it, but it's the, you know, we should see it the same as drink driving or driving without a seatbelt, you know. Exactly. Be, yeah, you've, you've got to do it. Wear a mask. If you can protect others, then it's worth yeah. that like uh yeah discomfort potentially yeah great all right well simon thank you so much for talking to me okay and, right, it's um, pleasure pleasure matty it's been really great and uh yeah we'll catch up with you soon okay bye Take care. bye bye well you you had a nice chat with simon didn't you
Yeah, it was really lovely, actually. And it was, you know, some of that stuff I'd thought of, but there was definitely parts of it that I was like, oh, yeah, of course. You know, as you're talking, you're like, oh, of course that has to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, God, it must have been a real undertaking in, like you said, 48 hours to try and completely shut down that place to the point where it was secure and safe for the staff, the security and for folk coming in to use the post office and B&M. Yeah, exactly. And I just hope um, it was really nice to hear from Simon that most the majority of people have been, you know, respectful and treated staff in the right way. And I really, really hope that um, people continue to do that come. Well, obviously, this will go out on Friday. So when you're listening, the, the new rules will be in. So let's all respect each other's sort of health and wear the mask, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's a crucial time right now, isn't it? If we, if we want to avoid a second wave and keep everybody safe whilst we're kind of coming out of lockdown, we've just got to do the, the sensible common sense kind of stuff now, haven't we? Yeah. And I must admit, you know, I've this isn't about me being like, oh, I'm amazing. But just because for my own peace of mind, I've been wearing one um, since um, kind of we've been allowed to go out a bit more. And there hasn't been there's been quite a lot of people not. And I just hope that. You know, the, obviously, it's been so confusing as well. The guidance, as you know, as Simon was saying a lot, that the guidance from the government has been very confusing. Um, but hopefully now it's a bit clearer and we can all, like you said, avoid that second wave as much as possible. Yeah. And um, we've actually, I'm, you, I'm sure you know this, um, but listeners might not. Studio Three Arts has actually got a shop inside Vicarage Field. And obviously, we haven't been able to access it for these last few months because of lockdown. And I'm so excited to be able to get back into that shop. Do you know what I mean? And to have a presence back in Barking Town Centre again. Yeah. And me and Simon chatted about that. I was saying that it's so lovely because you get people just passing who might have never heard of Studio Free before. And they just sort of pop in. And yeah, it's a lovely space. And, you know, I think. Go on. What was you going to say? (laughs) <laughs> I was going to say, um, I think, like I said in the chat with Simon, that it's really important to remember that Vicarage Field is home to a lot of small independent businesses. Yes, exactly. And and what I really like about that place is they took us in with open arms, you know, and, you know, as an arts organisation coming into a shopping centre, it's not the most natural fit in the world. But Simon got it straight away. He was like, yeah, come in. We can make this work. What do you need from us? And um, we, we love having a space in there. Perfect. I mean, that's what you want, isn't it? And I think um, I think where we can, I know that I'm definitely trying to, um, I totally understand that some people aren't comfortable going out yet and I'm not going out anywhere near as much as I normally would. Um, but I would say that I am trying to, where possible, when I go, sort of go to buy stuff from one of the bigger chains or anything, I'm trying to think, is this something I can maybe get at a, smaller independent place and kind of just trying to change that mentality a little bit I think yeah yeah definitely there's there's absolutely something about buying local and buying from um independent um artists crafters you know makers whoever it is isn't it you know what I mean movers and shakers yeah yeah move like like me and you in fact exactly (laughs) so you're off on your jollies I am. I'm going to go and get myself a suntan on the south coast for a couple of days. What are you up to this week? Well, I'm feeling like, um, I don't want to jinx it because I have said this a couple of times over the last week, but I do genuinely feel like I've turned a bit of a corner um, with how I'm feeling. So I think I'm just going to take it slow, 
um but do what i can and kind of just try and get back to a bit of normality um and i want to get moving a bit more not in like a pressure in myself but just i haven't been going out as much and i've sort of not been you know going for nice walks and stretching and gonna try and get back into a bit of that i think um i tell you what there's a really really nice walk where you walk to my house and feed my cats whilst i'm away well i will be doing that as well yeah i will be feeding your cat <laughs> holding the fault you know you know what i'm like i'm i'm here to help <laughs> Well, um, listen, don't don't break anything whilst I'm not around for a few days, will you? I'll do my absolute best. I can't promise anything. <laughs> and I will be online on Wednesday to watch the cabaret. I can't wait to see it. I'm so excited. Yeah, and I hope a lot of you can join us and catch up with you soon. Yes. Have a good week, love. Speak to you soon. Take care, babe. Bye-bye. Ta-da. Bye. So, that's it for this episode of Back to Ours. Hope you enjoyed the chat and please remember there's a lot of support out there in Barking and Dagnum. You know when something doesn't feel right, so let's speak out and keep each other safe. If someone's life is in danger, call 999 immediately. Or if you're worried about a child's safety, you can call 0208 227 3811. If it's an adult safety you're concerned about, you can call 0208 227 2915. And if you need support around domestic abuse, you can call 0300 456 0174. Look after yourself and we'll talk to you next time.